it's an awesome opportunity to come back with you today um, to with another special bonus episode, bonus episode number five in this COVID series that we've been doing on the Clarity Podcast, just to try to answer some of those questions that are out there um, that I think are wrestling we're, we're wrestling in our hearts and minds with. And so today we're going to be focusing on safety and security. We're going to sit down with Pastor Arnold Bracy. Pastor Arnold is a, a friend, um, but as you probably heard last week on the podcast, he worked in embassies around the world. He was a Marine, um, retired from the Marines, and then went into, uh, he was head of safety and security at the Washington, D.C. Um, for the city police. And then from there, now he works at a data analytics firm, um, also head of safety and security. And I think he's done some different private detail, safety and security. So just a a great Christian perspective to sit down and learn from as far as safety and security, some things that we can learn and grow from, and uh, a great friend, and he just puts a smile on your face um, just having a conversation with him. He has joy in his heart, and that's a gift, and um, we're thankful for him taking his time. He's, as you can imagine, very busy um, in this season being a pastor and also um, working um, in the safety and security area, And uh, but he took some time today just to encourage us. We're excited about the podcast. This week, we... Um, we went past 2000 episodes downloaded this month and um, in the month of March. And so that was a phenomenal thing to see. And then also we're now being listened to in 45 different countries and trying to get a message out of providing clarity in the mix of ambiguity and life and mission. And so there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Well, it's great to have um, Pastor Arnold back with us today on a special episode of the Clarity Podcast, um, a COVID special podcast, as we talked that we've talked in the last few episodes about what parents could do to take care of their kids, the fear and anxiety that comes along with this illness, how to care for our our children emotionally and spiritually. And then uh, we've been working through this, looking at different areas on how we can we can care for our kids. And last week we had someone on, um, Pastor Arnold, that actually had the, the virus and his story of walking in God's grace through that process. But one of the questions that's been coming a lot, um, the email through to me has been, what can we do in the area of safety and security? And so, you know, you and I, we've talked in the past and I know this is your specialty. So when I was thinking, who could I reach out to? I thought I need to talk to Pastor Arnold and see if he'd be willing. So thank, welcome back to the podcast. And um, what, what's your life look like in the flat? We, we, we talked in the beginning of February, how have things changed in the United States since we talked um, since then? Yeah, it's um, it's like we were mentioning earlier. It's just a whole different world now. Everyone is rethinking what norm is, and um, as it relates to social distancing, as it relates even to am I my brother's keeper? One of the challenges um, uh, that's happening here in the states, and in, in my mind, is we're bumping in, we're bumping right up to my rights versus am I my brother's keeper, hmm. and. Uh, the, the latest is uh, the CDC has just recommended that people who are out wear masks and uh, people are saying, well, if I don't have it, why should I wear a mask? And they're not thinking, well, you're, you're wearing the mask to, to alleve, alleve anxiety on those who think you might be carrying it and, yeah. and, and passing it. But if you wear a mask, even if you feel fine, yeah. you can say, well, you know, I'm going to wear this mask so um, everyone feels better. Yeah, you know? no, that's... So, Things have things have changed. Things have changed. And so the last podcast, we, we heard about your experience living overseas, working overseas and um, in the military. And then um, you shared about your working with the D.C. police and then now your, your job working with um, guarding our re- medical records and safety and security in that area. Pastor Arnold, as we work into this time of, of hype, heightened sense of, of, of 
of a crisis, what are the importance of how does communication and clear communication play into the to safety and security? Yeah, it is. Um, it is paramount. We, we, I used to always tell my my officers, um, uh, you've got two important pieces of equipment on you, but one is invaluable. And what was invaluable for a police officer is that radio. Hmm. That radio is what connects you to the rest of your uh, your team, your unit, you know, your family. And the odds that you're going to use your radio versus using um, your weapon. And you, you can't even compare. You'll use your radio, you know, tens of times during the day. You hope never to have to use your weapon, and usually you never do. Yeah. So so communication is is probably probably the most important thing. Um, really close with planning is okay. how I would how I would couch it. Yeah. And so, what are some things um, families can do or teams can do as far as maybe honing or better? Maybe they didn't necessarily communicate as often before this crisis or the things that you would advise maybe families and teams to do as far as um, increasing their communication or their, maybe it's their frequency or how they communicate or what do you, what, what advice would you have for the listeners? Yeah, I would, um, my recommendation would be like, especially now it's, it's really showing it. You have to be nimble with different avenues, you know, maybe some ways you typically don't communicate. You look into using, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's phone calls, texting, emails, and then leverage that to help you in an emergency. Like an example would be, maybe you don't have time to, to type a whole message out, but you've got a numbered system where if you, if you put a star three, anybody seeing that will know, um, Hey, this is what a star three means. This is what, uh, Pastor Arnold's got going on now. And, and that could lead to the next steps of the circumstance and situation. But just the fact that you can, can communicate, you have a, a three um, is invaluable in, a, in an emergency. No, that's good. That's good. And so you would, you would advise then for maybe teams and families, maybe to come up with that ahead of time and just come up with a different list. So people will be able to refer to that if they got, uh, is that what you're saying, Pastor Arnold? Yes. Yes. And then, and like you said, it ties some, a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today um, will require planning on the front end. You yeah. want to have the plan before you need it um, um, versus after. So just thinking through what some of the circumstances are and how they apply in your unique situation, uh, the best way to communicate in that. Yeah. As we move on, you know, we you shared in the first podcast that you grew up in, in New York City, correct? That's we, we yes. talked about that. And so probably some of the things that, you know, I grew up in Wally Ford, West Virginia. So my street smarts were probably not near as uh, close to yours. And so what are some basic uh, points that you would have for people just as far as basic things that we can do for safety and security on an everyday basis? Uh, maybe people like me grew up in Wally Ford and, and street smarts and security weren't high on their list. Um, but what are some basic things you think that each person could do in a time of height, heightened crisis like we're living in now? Yeah, the, um, the thing I always tell um, anybody is situational awareness is um you can't go without it you have to constantly be connected to what's happening around you and then that'll allow you to to navigate it i do know it's 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 a little bit different basically when someone says street smarts what that boils down to is your experience with people has led you to be wary mm -hmm. so you create these um uh 
these measures or these life um, styles around, hey, what might this individual be up to that could impact me negatively? And then you mitigate it, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, so uh, by situational awareness, I'll, I'll, something like this. If you're walking around with headphones in your in your ear in an area you're not familiar with, your your all your senses aren't being used to pay attention to what's going on mm. um, going on around you. But um, in applying that, just common sense things. If if you know if there's a dark area, you you want to avoid it. If if it looks like there's a commotion, go the other way. I mean, sometimes humans have this uh, desire to let me see what's going on. You know, <laughs> let let others see what's going on and let you know while you make it safe safely home. You know. Yeah. But, um, uh, but, but things like that. And, and, uh, and I would say, uh, as you, as you navigate, um, another example is no more than one way to get somewhere. So mm -hmm. let's say you have a favorite store you like to go to. That's, that's great. Just don't go to that store the same way. Every time find two or three ways to get there and just vary it up. Just, okay. you know, I'll, I'll go this way, this day, that way, that day. Um, but if you apply if you apply a little common sense to the circumstance and say, "Hey, how safe is this?" Um, it'll help. It'll help navigate you. Good deal. And in these times, in your experience, your many years of experience in safety and security, the bad guys that I put in quotation marks, bad guys, yeah, um, do they normally take these times off, or is this times do they just kind of say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take it easy on people during these crisis situations," or is your experience does it seem to increase, or what advice would you have for and wisdom would you have for us when it comes to you know going through these experiences? Do bad guys just disappear during crisis, or do you see more activity? Yeah, there, there's definitely going to be more activity. And just so you know, most um, law enforcement measures or protective measures, they tend to be developed after the bad guys have created creatively come up with a way to, to do something. <laughs> so so we've always said if the bad, you know, the bad guys, their moral compass is definitely off. But that's probably about all that's off with them. The other mm. stuff they do, they do methodically. Um, and they would do it for the lack of a better term professionally. And, and, and what's, um, what is interesting, it still applies to like the laws of nature. You know, when a, when a big lion predator goes out, he's not attacking the biggest antelope he can find. Mm -hmm. He's looking for the one that's lagging in the back. He's looking for the young, he's looking for the old. That's what the big predators are looking for. So they're not as tough as they, as you might think or they might want you to think, but they are on the lookout to see who is the least prepared for what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you talked, um, Pastor Earl, that you were now working for a security firm that guards um, technological data and those type things. Is there some simple things that you would um, suggest or maybe give wisdom on on what we can do in a technological world? I know Heather and I, we got an email um, the other night that looked legit, you know, that somebody had stole our credit card and all this kind of stuff. and and. Um, and it wasn't, but, um, you know, in a time of crisis, I wanted to respond to it real quick because I'm, my emotions are already heightened and I'm thinking I, I'm doing things really quick and not necessarily thinking clearly because of my heightened emotions. Would you have any wisdom and insight on, on those type things when we look at the cyber crimes and th those, those issues? Yeah. 
I, I heard something the other day that was so poignant for cyber crimes or it, or even cell phone. I mean, they're, they're just calling people up and saying, hey, where's so-and-so and do you want to give or yeah. where's where the IRS and, you know, you need to take care of this. Um, the advice I give is you only give your person, you only give your personal information out when you're sending it out. Hmm. Anything that's coming in, do not send your stuff out. Okay, that's good. So whether it's an email coming in or a phone call coming in, if you didn't initiate it, I wouldn't respond in that medium. I would, if, especially, and we'll talk about that later, about that, about that feeling you got um, um, about it not feeling right. But um, I would reach out on my own to that agency, find out if they're sending these type of things before I would respond. That's good. But because of the bad, because of the bad guys, um, they've made adjustments to where most places won't ask for that type of information through email or over the phone. That's good. That's good. But it just it just caught me off guard, honestly, because it does seem like we're in this heightened state. And normally, I wouldn't I would have thought through that process. But just because of that, you're just dealing with things in, in rapid time, and you're trying to put out fires. And I thought, well, this is. And then I thought, this doesn't sound legit. So anyway. Yeah. What are some but but, but but again and going back to sorry to cut you off going back mm -hmm. to what you said the bad the bad guys know that they know you're in a heightened you know and that's why it's coming out you know yeah yeah well they're like you said they're uh, other than the moral compass they are really good at what they do and uh, <laughs> I guess that's why they're successful so anyway what are some common you know sometimes as missionaries I think we think we're a little more savvy than we really are. Or, or in individuals and we and Aaron so I won't point to other people I'll point to Aaron Aaron sometimes thinks he's more savvy than he really is or that doesn't necessarily see his blind spots what are some common blind spots that you see um, in in individuals where they when it comes to safety and security yeah you know safety and security is all the blind spot has been in my experience the complacency like mm. you said where I've been doing this for a while I'm comfortable and it's true being vigilant being uh, situationally aware it requires energy it requires effort so once you once you say eh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go keep going the same way to this store every time because it's easier for me once you start getting into that complacent mode it starts reducing your situational awareness efficiency mm, that's good that's good and then so when when we see those but do we need to ask other people to help uh, see our blind spots do you think that's a good way to go about it pastor arnold or you know what i mean because blind spots are blind spots we can't see them so do we need others to help us in those areas or what what did, what wisdom would you have for that yeah that, and that's true just just reaching out and just staying i mean there's a lot of online tools to help sometimes you just need to sharpen up your your toolkit the the good guy the, excuse me the bad guys are always adapting and adjusting to what um, is being a uh, place to block them from what they're doing. But yes, like any other, like any other situation in life, we're constantly in learning mode, you yeah. know? Um, like you said, me being a traditional security specialist going into this data security world, it was, I had to break the books out. It's totally, it's totally different than what I'm, I'm used to. The results are the same, but the approach is is totally different. Yeah. So, yeah, you you're going to be a constant it's to to be good at security. You're going to have to be a constant student of it. That's good. That's good. And you know, the, one of the other questions I've had um, different people ask, and honestly, I've asked our, Heather and I have asked ourselves as parents, 
we want to go over safety and security uh, measures with our kids, but also knowing that there are there's already a heightened level of anxiety and stress out there with this this COVID situation. What did and we also know we don't want to ignore it and pretend like we don't need to talk about it. And so, what balance or what? Um, how can a parent or a team leader, how can they have conversations like this, Pastor Arnold, without stoking a fire that's already, it's already burning a little bit. The embers are there and all you just need is a little bit of gas. And so I think my concern as a parent is I don't want to throw more gas on that fire and make it something that's not. But at the same time, if I don't have the conversation, I feel like I'm neglecting that. How do you, how do you approach this with your family? How do you approach this with the church in different areas um, and to give us, give us some counsel? You have the you have the best questions, Aaron. I just want you to know that, man. Um, I, I, but but I would say this: when you, what, um, it's kind of two part. You want to have a plan, but you uh, you want to have a plan where you've taken a look at what the circumstances are, and then once you have a plan that you could present that they can be part of to kind of help put the icing on the cake you've already baked. Um, plans empower and provide confidence, not, not confidence, but they, they, they empower and they provide a comfort level okay. that, hey, we've got something in place that I know about that I can, I can do right now, mm -hmm. you know? Um, like, for example, talking to your kids about, hey, not getting in a car with a stranger, just wait for me, I'll be there. Um, and let's say something happened at your kid's school, everybody's getting in cars they don't know, and then your kid realizes, hey, you know, my parents said, oh, hang on, just wait for me. They won't get caught up in that rush. They'll, they'll activate the plan that you already have set, whether it's you picking them up or a friend or another family member. They'll know in their mind, hey, this is what I need to do in this circumstance. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring them in when you're not sure about what you're going to do, because mm -hmm. they're going to pick up your uneasiness and what you're not sure about. But if you bake that cake, um, I say get them involved with the icing part so they can feel a part of it. And you may get feedback from your from your kid that you wouldn't have even thought about that would help them in their specific situations, like the, part, the best part of the school to pick them up at. You know yeah. what I mean? Just, just little things like that once you include them in. But once you, in, it's been my experience, once you include people in the plan and they know they have a role in the plan, then it helps offset that anxiety. That's um, good. That happens. I've talked to mom and dad. We got a plan for this. You That's know? good. That's good. And do you advise to have that? Uh, is it better to have multiple conversations or just one big one and get it all done? In your illustration to baking the cake, do you ice it a little bit at a time or you just kind of get the, do, do all that work in one day? Well, I would, um, I mean, and each kid is different. You know, yeah. if you got a kid that can that can absorb it that way, that's fine. But no matter no matter what the cake is, even if it's iced, you keep going over it. You, you know, you find a cadence um, that works for your family and say, hey, what do we do when this happens? You know, as you're driving around the neighborhood, hey, what, what would you do? Like a lot of places like my family, we had stuff. If we were in a big venue in New York, it was like, well, if anybody gets separated, we're meeting yeah. at this specific spot. You yeah. know what I mean? You'd head to that spot, and then if you, you know, if you're if the kid was there or your parent was there, you realize okay, everything's good. If they weren't there, then you knew you got an issue, and then you can get, you know, whatever authorities or whatever help you need at that point. It's better than running around just trying to find them in a 
um, in a big venue. So, so little plans like that, you can go over with the kids. So where do we meet if something happens when we're here? You know what I mean? Just, just things like that. And you'll get your, you'll get your kids thinking in a safe, secure way also. That's good. That's good. So what, you know, a lot of in this time of COVID, there's been con- people have been concerned about their, our physical health. And uh, I'll say that. And then at the same times, there's the mental health and uh, the mental health part of all this. And um, so what does the uh, safety and security plan that you have in place? How does that help someone's mental and emotional health when they go through a time of crisis like this in your experience? Yeah. In my experience, what what drives anxiety is not knowing what to do you know mm-hmm. if this would have happened what what you know but as you create plans um it tends to allay it's not going to allay every anxiety but it at least it'll put some to a comfort level and then it may drive a person to look for other plans i mean you don't want to go overboard and then think you need a plan for everything or you can't move right but but what you'll learn to do is you'll learn to think differently and approach issues differently where you're approaching them to solve them, not approaching them to be overwhelmed by them. Hmm. Does that make any sense? That makes sense. But could you unpack that a little bit? Cause that's a, you just said like a, that'd be like a whole class. I think there. Plan- <laughs> no, but I'm serious. That's a very powerful point, but I think that's the balance that is hard to find. Um, not to, like you said, you know, I, someone was asking me the other day about, I'm going to the market and buying vegetables and how should I clean them? Should I take my clothes off when I come home and take all this? At some point, you know, I mean, we can live in a bubble and um, be afraid of everything. Um, and I don't know if that's a way to live, but same day with safety and security. Like you said, the safest place for me is probably to stay in this room by myself, but I got to have a plan outside that and trying to find that balance. It can be tough. And so, What's your, how have you found that balance? Cause you know, a lot that the average person doesn't have any clue about and me included, you know I mean? You have all this information about safety. How do you find that balance to still go out on the street knowing everything that's going on? Yeah. The first thing is, like you said, I, I can't, I, I pray for first responders all the time because I know they're that way because God, God designed them to do what he has them doing. Same thing with missionaries. Yeah. So when I email, I, I consider you guys first responders of the gospel. You know, yeah. you're taking it, you're taking it to unreached people group. But the same God that formed you and called you to do that is going to do his part too. We're just doing our part to, to be wise about it. You yeah. know, I, I always think about one of my favorite stories is the story when Nehemiah went to build that wall up. Now they were there to build a wall. That was the plan. And that's what they had. But then when they realized there was opposition from from the neighbors and the people surrounding, they realized, okay, we got to have a hammer in our hand and a sword at our side. You know, it's good. The sword wasn't in their hand, but it was there in case they needed it. So these plans we're talking about is that sword from the Nehemiah story and um, and how you would have to approach it. I, I can say this in my experience, planning does tend to go with the personality of the person making the plan. Okay. So some people are going to be some people are going to be a little more concerned and hey you you plan to your comfort level. Mm-hmm. But what you what you are going to have to do is have a what I call like a risk matrix. Mm-hmm. What is the what, what is the thing I need to plan for because it's going to have the biggest impact on me if I don't have a plan for it and then work my way down. So I'm working on those bigger plans before I'm you know worrying about um, which shoes go with which outfit. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. You, you you have to identify those risks that are going to be the biggest detriment to what whatever it is you need to do. And then you plan from there down. 
Okay. You know? That's good. That's good. Pastor Arm, we're getting ready to wrap up. What wisdom insight would you like to leave with our missionaries? Maybe you, you're thinking, man, I wish Aaron would ask me this question and he didn't ask. Is there, or is there some area of wisdom you just would like to share? And then I'd ask you to um, pray, um, pray for our missionaries and, and all those who are listening. There's people that listen all around the world, 45 different countries now, listening into the podcast. And then I'd just like to ask you to pray for, pray for us. Sure, sure, no problem. Well, the first one, you you already asked it. I mean, you already mentioned it when you were talking about that funny feeling you had um, when that email came in. Yeah. So, so, so the first bit of wisdom I would give is definitely trust in the Lord and, and pray for discernment. You know, um, God will will provide it. the The other thing is you have to be situationally aware. You have to, you can't move around. Um, like there's nobody watching you to try to take advantage of you. You have to be, and that may look different. It may look different um, depending on where you are, but you have to be aware of what's going on around you because you have to be able to determine what's out of place compared to what is normal. Hmm. You're only going to be able to make those distinctions as you pay attention daily. Yeah. And then good. as you do that, you'll realize, hey, something's not right with this picture because you've brought that, that data in. Yeah, that's good. The um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that feeling you were talking about. Um, some people call it I just got a gut feeling, or or you know, it has been scientifically um, shown that that feeling is basically your subconscious processing information before your conscious mind has dealt with it. Hmm. So I'll give you an example. I use it all the time at work um, for the people in the office. Let's, and, and because people are habit, they tend to park in the same parking spot every time, right? Yeah. So, so you park in that parking spot and there's a, and you leave at night and there's a, there's a light in the parking lot um, that is on. And if you've done this for months, at some point, you are, you are consciously not going to pay attention that that light is, a, is where your car is. Mm -hmm. But one day you're going to come out and that light is going to be out. Mm -hmm. Before you realize that light is out, you're going to get a funny feeling saying something is not right. Mm. Um, I always tell folks, pause when you feel that. Don't ignore it. Don't just say, ah, take a minute and allow your conscious mind to catch up with your subconscious. And then at some point, your conscious mind is going to go, hey, the light's out near my car. Yeah. And then, and then from that perspective, um, you'll be able to say, okay, the light's out. Do I think it's out because of a maintenance problem or do I think it's out because somebody wants the light out near yeah. my car? So so I would say just wisdom. Pay attention to that that gut feeling. Give it a give it a minute or two. Let let it sink in and you'll be you'll be surprised how many times that gut feeling is going to prevent you from doing something um, uh, that could be detrimental. Yeah. And as a believer, uh, obviously, Pastor Arnold, do you take that those few seconds to pray, or what? What do you do with that gut feeling? Other, it's there. You know, it's there. Do you ask God for wisdom in those situations, or how do you process that? Because um, I think it is a little bit di different for people. Who, obviously, we're looking to God for wisdom and insight and counsel. Um, is it, what do you do, and how do you handle that that gut feeling? Yeah, I um uh, I, I try to pray daily when I'm when I'm heading into work and doing that into doing that work mode. And then you're you're absolutely right. As I'm processing, if my uh, sometimes you can't you can't um, 
you know, you can't control how quickly it processes right. or whatever. But you're right. As as soon as I get to the point where I'm I'm cognizant of what's happening, that's that's typically when I'm inviting God in. Like yeah. like um, like say for like that example I just gave. I see the lights out. I give it a minute, and that's and I haven't figured it out yet. I yeah. still don't know why I got this funny feeling. I'll pray. I'll pray about that at that yeah. point, and then let it go from there. Or if I get there, I see the the I notice I get the feeling because the lights out, and then my brain process. Yeah, the lights out. Then I'll pray from there. Okay, Lord, the lights out. You know. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, what's next? So yes, in invoking Him as much as possible. Um. I mean, I, I what I try to do is get to the point where not only am I getting that gut feeling, there are times you just hear that still small voice telling yeah, the stuff. Yeah. And and you want to pay attention to that too. So yes, it's that's good. It's synonymous, you know. That's a good deal. Pastor Arnold, would you pray for us? Would you pray for us today? Sure. Uh, let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for these you've called to um, be first responders, Lord, for your gospel, Lord. You've built them for this, Lord. You've called them, Lord. Um, you're going to take care of them. But I pray now, Lord, as they just sharpen the tools that you've given them, Lord, that as you provide safe surroundings for them, Lord, Lord, let them pay attention to circumstances, um, to situations, Lord, because um, and you keeping them safe, it'll keep others safe also, Lord. I pray against fear, Lord. You haven't given us a spirit of fear, Lord, but um, of sound mind, Lord. And I just pray that you just remove anxieties, Lord, as they, as they bring... Uh, the gospel to places, Lord, um, that um, are unsafe, Lord. But Lord, we know we're in your hands. And I pray you just move in only ways that you can, Lord, that you just develop them as teams, Lord, that you give them plans, Lord. You provide the plans. You provide uh, the things uh, that they'll need in their unique situations, Lord, so they can be prepared, so that anxiety can be lessened, Lord, and that um, uh, they can move forward with your uh, with your call without distractions. And we pray all of these things, Lord, in your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I knew it would be a, a great opportunity to sit down with Pastor Arnold and um, just be encouraged by him. And I, I appreciated him just highlighting how we can um, fall into the idea of reacting in these type situations, but um, that God has given us the ability to respond. And that's the benefit of having a uh, engaged safety and security plan in this process that we're working on, looking at, focusing on. And um, and then also just him, him mentioning uh, about the idea of trusting your gut or trusting that feeling and that still small voice, maybe it's the Holy Spirit whispering in our ears in these times to be sensitive to that and to trust in him. And so just want to thank Pastor Arnold for, for being with us today. And uh, I was listening to a sermon this morning um, by um, Rob Ketterling, and he also talked about what we can do in these times to fight back. And that sometimes when we feel like we're out of control, we're on the um, defensive. And um, what can we do um, to take beyond more of the offensive? And he, he listed a few things, and just want to share them um, with you today real quickly. He talked about the Word of God, that, you know, the Word of God is our sword of the Spirit, and that is something God has given us um, to be on the offensive, not on the def defensive but to be on the offensive. He talked about prayer. He talked to you about the ability of entering 
entering in and praying during these times, having communion with God. And then also fasting, the importance of fasting um, is we maybe we feel uh, we're under attack or maybe we feel like we're anxiety is, is ruling us or we're, we're looking at Fox News or whatever news outlet or Yahoo and trying to get the most up-to-date information and we begin to feel that anxiety come in. He just talked about the importance of uh, the weapons we have of prayer and fasting. He also talked about the name of Jesus and I, I mentioned that um, in one of the previous podcasts about singing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name in the power we have, in the um, weapon we have uh, of the name of Jesus and it's the name above all names. He also talked about the ability to, to praise and worship in these times and inviting God in into our homes and different places um, and, and praising God for the things that he, have, he has done. And then he also talked about the blood of Jesus. And as we enter, we are entering into this, this Holy Week and we're thinking uh, leading up to the crucifixion, we're thinking more and more about the power of the blood of Jesus. Many of the times you hear when I, when I end in my prayers and end the podcast, I say, I pray in the name of Jesus, the strong son of God. And we know that um, when Jesus shed his blood, he provided healing for us in our physical bodies. And it it also, there is strength and power, forgiveness of sins, healing in our physical body, and that the love he has for each and every one of us. And so um, just we appreciate, take those things. And if you feel like, hey, I'm on a defensive, I I can't, those are some things you can do to go back onto the offensive and say, I'm going to be in God's word. I'm going to spend time in prayer and fasting. I'm going to remember when I get scared, get concerned, the anxiety come, I'm going to say the name of Jesus and allow the comfort and peace that comes with his name to invade my life, to be be a person that is singing praise and singing worship and having those songs playing in our house and our car to help calm that anxiety and thank God for who he is. And then remembering as we were in this holy week and walking in this time that the, the power in the blood of Jesus, and even though maybe now it, it seems we're in the Friday uh, period where we don't we can't see the end, and then, but we do know that the resurrection is coming, and we do know that uh, Jesus is alive and well, and that's who we put our hope and trust in. Have the phenomenal opportunity coming up um, uh, on Tuesday that we, I'll be entering, sit down and interviewing with Dick Foth. We'll be interviewing um, John Ashcroft, who was the uh, Attorney General for the United States during um, 9-11. We're going to sit down with him and just have a transparent conversation on lessons he's learned in crisis leadership as he went through that time. And uh, he's going to provide a great, and I know you're not going to want to miss that podcast. It's going to be a a phenomenal um, insight and and wisdom from somebody who's walked through that. And then what he learned through crisis and what we can learn through crisis, we can grow and learn in these times. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, um, you know, it's times as leaders and families and husbands and wives, we want to fill in gaps gaps that we don't necessarily have answers for, and he's going to talk about what he he does in those situations and give us a, a Christian perspective on leadership and crisis, and you're not going to want to miss that. And then we're also going to release an episode on, that will be, episode will be released on Wednesday, and then on Friday we're going to release another episode, but I'm going to sit down with Pastor Zach and Shelly Maddox, and um, this, this podcast was specifically put together for young families and talking about transitions, but I think it's going to be valuable for all teams. Um, and, and team members in the sense that if maybe you're serving with a, a young family, maybe you are that young family, or maybe you're supporting that young family, and um, in transitions to go through, and uh, it's a transparent conversation. It's it's valuable, and you're not going to want to miss miss that conversation this week. And so you might have to set aside some of the Netflix or maybe some of the other shows you're watching uh, this week, but they're going to be valuable resources that are going to be um, 
pertinent for this time that we're in. So appreciate you and uh, looking forward for these these other two podcasts coming up this week. Um, the Clarity Podcast, providing clarity and life and mission. Thanks again.